0: Live from Franklin, Indiana, this is the JMAC Show with JMAC, starting in just a few seconds after this crazy-ass musical introduction. Thank you. GIF, thank God it is Friday, and all those other cute little nicknames, welcome to the JMac Show, the podcast for everyday average Joes who want to learn a little bit about NASCAR and all things NASCAR related. My name is J-Mac, and we are just two days away from the 63rd running of the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl of stock car racing, the Daytona 500, and wow, just wow. If you have been watching this past week since Tuesday night, then you know how excited I am right now. The Clash was incredible on the road course. Very nice move, but there were some issues. We'll talk about that later. Practice was awesome. Qualifying, I was quite, quite, quite amazed with the performances of some people. Duel 1 and Duel 2 were just incredible. We're going to talk about it all today. That's right, all of that today, plus I'll have my bold predictions on who I think was going to win Stage 1 and Stage 2, and then we're going to get to some questions, and then the rant with J-Mac. We're going to get to all of that right after this short little intermission. All right, we are back. Let's go ahead and start this show with The Clash. As you all know, The Clash this year was moved to the 3.61-mile road course over there at Daytona for a 35-lapper, non-points-paying expedition race. A lot of fans definitely were not excited about the news, saying, Why? Why can't we stay on the regular oval why can't it be like the old times? Oh, this is killing NASCAR. NASCAR is killing itself. Blasy blasey. Wham wham wham. Let me tell you something. This is what I think. I think NASCAR decided like, hey, not only do we have the road course coming up next week, right after the Daytona five hundred, but let's try to get viewers, more viewers, more people interested in our product. You know, yes, we can run the oval. Every day, every race we run an oval. There's only certain times that we run road courses. Let's try something different. Let's bring more fans into NASCAR. That's personally what I think they did. Although, really, the Clash is really supposed to prepare you, let's say, for the Daytona 500. This year, it's not really doing that per se. Seeing how, instead of just going left on the high banks, you're going left and right through chicanes, through bus stops, through the mud, through the dirt, all that jazz. But, hey, I got to give credit to where credit's due. NASCAR is thinking outside the box on this one. And we just got to let them do what they want to do. Let, let them try new, innovative things to bring fans back into racing because, NASCAR is not going anywhere despite what all the boomer fans out there say NASCAR is not killing itself NASCAR is not going anywhere the sport is here and it's here to stay all right we're getting a new generation car next year which is going to be exciting it's going to bring more competitors in. it's going to bring I think more manufacturers in you know um it's going to be exciting um so why not kudos to you nascar for trying something new let's talk about the clash though enough about just why they did the clash let's talk about it chase elliott ryan blaney wow what a finish those two buddies raced each other hard and they knew they were going to race each other hard chase elliott is the king of road courses for a reason chase elliott is the reigning champion for a reason ryan blaney you know, it's definitely got that potential, but you know, some people would say he just really hasn't shown it yet. I think this year, what we saw at the clash so far, Ryan Blaney is here and he's here to take names and he's going for that title. As a Chase Elliott fan, I would be concerned, but I know they're buddies, but also at the same time, is there going to be a little retribution? A little like, hey, you, uh, you, or, you know, you spun me, I'm going to sp- spin you back. No, I don't really think so. I mean, they're both best friends. They're both hardcore competitors. In fact, Ryan Blaney is uh, quoted as saying this. If you're not trying to win the race, what are you there for? We're just as hard of competitors as we are good of friends. There you have it. But man, it was a finish. Chase Elliott later on had this to say. There's no defending. We need to be on offense. All right? There's no title defense for him this year. He wants to be on offense, meaning he wants to go out there and try to win every single race he can win, starting with that clash. Kyle Bush coming out of nowhere. Kyle Bush was saying he was watching and he knew something was going to happen, and guess what? He steals the win, just like Ryan Blaney stole the win at the Roval when Jimmy Johnson got into Martin Truex Jr. Speaking of Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex Jr., what was going on, buddy? He is the leader at the competition caution, coming out of the competition caution, but misses the front stretch chicane, and has to serve the penalty. He puts him in the back of the wall. Later on, the fourth caution comes out because MTJ gets loose and hits the wall. All right, Just as it was starting to be a dogfight between him, Hammond, and Blaney, his night was done with just seven laps to go. That mud and dirt out there was not playing nice. Kevin Harvick can tell you that. He pretty much left off. He picked up where he left off last year when he was spinning around in the daylight on the road course. This year, he was like, I'm not a fan of night racing. I'm not a fan of, uh, of night racing on road courses. You can't see where you're going. and All that may be true because Daytona is dark on that road course. It's just the oval that's pretty much well Um, But come on, man. You won nine damn races last year. You're a veteran of the sport. You should know how to road race, especially road racing at night. Come on now. But hey, it's what happens. I am definitely, definitely a fan of the Clash on the road course. What a damn race. Let's talk about that 48 car and no Jimmy Johnson in it. What a weird sight to see. What it was weird to hear Alex Bowman in the number 48 car instead of jimmy johnson and that number 48 car i for one am not going to get used to it probably till the season is done so it's going to be you know it's gonna be tough tough not watching mr seven time out there but he's moving on the bigger and better things trying to take on these indie road courses that's a whole nother sport we'll talk about that too man clint boyer Bring in a lot of energy to the booth. What do you guys think about Clint Boyer? I think, for one, Fox has made the great decision of bringing my man, Clint Boyer, into the booth. Him and Jeff just have so much chemistry in that booth together. And then you got Mike Joy just kind of just evening it all out. And, of course, the people's or America's uh, crew chief, Larry McReynolds, and his blabbing. But, hey. The man won a couple of Daytona 500s. Let's listen to what the man has to say. My awesome looking paint schemes of the night definitely went to Ty Dillon in that number 23 Root Energy or Root. I'm sorry, Root Insurance Toyota. Yes, everybody's like, oh look, Bubba, Bubba's not racing. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Ty was in there because he won a stage. Okay, he's eligible to win. He drives Toyota Toyota's like, hey, you can drive this car. Cool. Whatever. Let the man have have fun. That number three, Austin Dillon uh Chevrolet, definitely looked nice. Looked shiny, nice and shiny in the lights. I liked it. Number nine, of course, with that badass paint scheme. That number 24, wow. Um, a lot of people weren't fans of that at first. I definitely, definitely like the way that 24 car looked. Um, the, the scheme-wise. Very, very nice. And, of course, the number 48. I mean, how can you not like that iconic number? The 48 with Alex Bowman. But they did change the Ally paint scheme just a little bit. And I, for one, like it. Tell me what you guys think of The Clash. Do you like it on the road course? Do you not like it? Do you want to go back to the oval? Um, What do you think? What do you think about the finish? Leave me some notes. Email me. Leave me a message on Facebook. All that jazz. We'll be right back after this, and we'll talk about the duels. Stay tuned for a message from our sponsor, Anchor. Hey there. Have you ever sat and thought, hey, wow, how does J-Mac do it? I would love to make a podcast. Well, let me tell you. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Number 2. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number 3. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast and many, many more. You, yes you, can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place so download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started once again download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started all right all right we're back after that little break let's talk about the practice shall we Bubba Wallace is here And he's here to stay. He came out in practice and was the fastest in practice in both the pack and the single car runs. Those five Toyotas look good. Those Joe Gibbs Toyotas pretty much is what they all are. Looked good. Because let's face it. The number 23 is a fifth Joe Gibbs car. Especially with Denny Hamlin as a part part owner of it. And yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh... Bubba Wallace, very impressive in qualifying, had the pole until William Byron came out and just beat him, barely beat the man, barely beat him, but he had the pole. Then Alex Bowman comes out and just complete dog smacks the 24, turned around, put him upside down and slapped him like a biatch and said, this pole is mine there, teammate. And boy, did he take it. Eric Almarola, the alien looking dude who looks to have the fastest Ford okay we know that we'll talk about that because it happened in the duels duel number one and then let's talk about the fact for the fourth straight time how impressive is that four years in a row that Alex Bowman is starting on the front row of the Daytona 500 four years in a row which just goes into the ninth straight pole for a Chevy, for a bow tie, the ninth straight pole at the Daytona Five Hundred. Those guys have a great, great, speedway package, and they came to prove it once again. Chevy, Toyota, and Ford. Those three guys. Who's gonna win? Who do you think's gonna win? Find out on Sunday. They'll tell you who's gonna win. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about Duel One and do. Duel 2, right after this. Let's talk about Duel 1, shall we? In my personal opinion, a snooze fest compared to the second Duel. But I have to be fair and objective and talk about both. So I will talk about both. Duel 1... Definitely tame compared to dual standards. But there was still a lot of action and a lot of storylines in this duel. For instance, there was a nice battle with Ty Dillon trying to see if he's going to make the Daytona 500. It was like a game of will he or won't he? Will it be him? Will it be Timmy Hill? Will it be Austin Sendrick? We thought it was going to be Austin Sendrick for a while. No, he does not. Looked like he was going to do it because at 26 laps to go the Ford's coming for a pit stop and of course Austin Cendrick has a spe- a penalty for speeding exiting pit row now I get it he's not used to the digital dashboards coming from Xfinity and driving a cup car but he still has a whole nother year of Xfinity so I mean it's good to give him that little practice for next year or whatnot. Alex Bowman, pole sitter Alex Bowman, saying his engine felt like it blew, has blown up. He pulls in the pit road. They have the hood up. There's everybody's looking at it. Everybody's like, oh, crap. Please don't let them have an engine change. Because if we all know if he has to change his engine, he definitely forfeits that pole sitting spot. and has to start for the rear for the beginning of the Daytona 500. But he gets back out there um it seems to be a fine his engine seems to be fine he's saying over the radio but he's saying he he feels like a vibration in the engine it's not the tires but a vibration maybe in the engine um so of course hopefully everybody's like let's let them fix this issue we don't want them to pull the engine we want Alex Bowman to start from the front all right there was a nice nice battle on the last lap for with uh alien Amarola and Joey Logano off of turn four of course Amarola wins the duel wins the first one he will start third in the 500 he led an impressive 52 of the 60 laps there was definitely not any cautions at all in this duel it was a very very tame duel and uh, which always means at Daytona, if one is tame, the other one is going to be wild. Which exactly it was. Let's start with duel two. Of course, rain starts in Daytona. Oh my goodness. Oh what a shocker. Rain in Daytona. Boo. So what did they do? Fox and all or Fox Sports One and all their infinite wisdom decide to show a documentary on the making of Days of Thunder. Alright, called, like, The Golden Hour. I mean, it was a pretty cool little documentary. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you check it out. Or not. Doesn't really bother me. My personal opinion on the whole entire movie of Days of Thunder, it's basically Top Gun on four wheels. You may hate me. I don't care. That's what I think. I think, basically, it is Top Gun on four wheels. So after nearly three hours of just sitting there, and then they talk, 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 the race finally gets a green flag at around 11.24 Eastern Standard Time. Bubba Wallace making that nice move to take the lead from Byron. But Byron's like, stop, I'm retaking the lead. Okay, and then it just went back and forth until eventually all three manufacturers have had lead at some point in Duel 2. Well, some of my notes as I was watching was Noah was looking good so far at that point. And that essentially Austin Dillon and Martin Truex Jr. basically have the exact same damn paint scheme to me. Except one says tracker off-road and one says tracker boats. But if you looked at it, both of them were those Bass Pro uh, livery or whatever the hell you say. Definitely to me look like the exact same uh, paint scheme. But one's a Toyota, one's a Chevy whatever so let's keep moving on we have a caution with 25 to go lap 36 Smithley Briscoe Gralla Alfredo and McLeod were all involved man it uh you know it was like crap well there's pretty much everybody that needs to race their way in or somehow make this damn day 500 getting involved in this quick little caution but uh, most of his cars seemed to be fine and they went back out on track no big deal like i said this duel was definitely more aggressive than the first and uh on that caution at lap 36 we were like in suspense like how many laps are they gonna run until these dudes come in for green uh for uh, you know the green flag pit stops they just kept going and going and going it was like man nobody wants to give an inch you know cars are trying to maneuver down to get to that bottom um to get into a pit lane but they just kept going and going and going and finally that caution came out and it pretty much everybody comes in the pit which took away the drama of green flag pit stops i love green flag pit stops at daytona a lot of people love them but the caution flag came out at the right time because i think they would have went one or two more laps there have definitely been some dudes not having fuel to finish that damn race off Let's talk about the 24-3, and shall we? Seeing those guys bumper-to-bumper or side-by-side brought back a lot of nostalgic feelings for me and a lot of others. As we all know, Dale Earnhardt, may he rest in peace, 20 years ago, lost his life on turn four. And yeah seeing the 24 and three even though they're different drivers out there brought back a lot of great feelings like man i remember when these dudes used to race hard all the time and there they were it was awesome uh smithley Derek smithley on lap 56 gets into brad k there's like only four laps to go what the hell are you doing major implications for that front well as willie b who was racing great all night long gets major damage Chad canals the VP of competition, already says they are going to a backup car, so he has to forfeit that second-place start and move to the back of the line. Involved in that lap 56 wreck were Brad Koslowski, Smithley, William Byron, ross chastain and noah gregston noah Gregson is done for the night of course we saw uh greg golden kind of pissed off that that happened noah definitely was not too thrilled but that's okay noah you got an xfinity race to worry about get in there and win that bad boy then we got time for nascar overtime which is always a fun time man him austin Dillon is the winner but him and bubba wallace one to go coming to the end You know, Bubba tries to give him that little block. Austin Dillon's like, nope, moves up a side of him, gives that little bump, just barely bumps him because, you know, Wallace kind of got into him, kind of just bumps him a little bit without wrecking him, which was a good move. They didn't wreck. And Austin Dillon takes the win to win Duel 2, thus putting the number three, that famed number three back in victory lane at Daytona International Speedway. Let me know what you guys thought of the duels. Let me know what you thought of the clash. Let me know all that. We'll be right back with questions and answers right after this. All right, it's question time with J Mac. J Mac, I had a fan, Hunter Hunter McNair from Florida, writes in. Hey, just and want to, to throw in some questions. My pick to win at the five hundred is Bowman in the new forty eight. He asks, "What are your predictions for Larson and Hendrick equipment this year? Does Bowman resign after this year? Does Byron rise to the occasion this year and start winning, or do you think he falls short and could possibly be out?" After contract ends next year. Wonderful questions. Wonderful questions. Thank you, Hunter from Florida, for sending those in. Let's start with Bowman or uh, Larson and Hendrick equipment this year. Let's face it, the guy can drive a car, right? He can wheel a vehicle. He we couldn't quite see that with Ganassi equipment. Yes, I know Ganassi gives engines and whatever. They they got a technical alliance with Hendrick. But it's not the same having a technical alliance and having the actual Hendrick brand um, vehicle or a car, race car. So I think um, I think Hendrick uh, was smart to sign Larson. I I fully believe that Jeff Gordon had a lot to do with that, seeing how Jeff Gordon is pretty much in the next couple of years going to take full ownership of the entire HMS brand. Once Mr. H decides to hang it up. So I think my thoughts are with Larson. I think that this is his one year to prove. I think if he proves it, he he proves that he can go out there and compete, get some top fives, top tens, maybe a few wins. He stays with HMS. If he goes out there and he just does like he used to, just hit some walls and just like some DM, DNFs or just not living up to his expectations i think it will be a one and done year and he'll be having to find um you know a new place to race personally if it was me what i would have done is Stuart haas racing should have took they should have took um larson like they planned on doing i think that we should have given um definitely Bowman to the 48 was a great decision, but I think that we should have brought in maybe um, Bubba Wallace to HMS. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for that, but this is discussions I've had with people. I think that Bubba Wallace should have came in to Hendrick, but it worked out where he got a new race team, so enough about that. But personally, like I said, I think Larson, if he doesn't prove himself this year, is gone. All right, next question. Uh, Bowman will definitely... Resign after this year i think him moving to the 48 and that 48 having ally sponsorship to the 23 i think he's definitely going to stay in hendrick motorsport i think they like alex bowman him and, and ives have a great team great chemistry he's shown that he can compete he's shown that he can win um i think this season he's definitely going to go out and compete for more wins Not only because he's improved a lot as a race car driver, but also because I think he wants to prove that, hey, I was the right guy for the 48. They stayed in-house with that. A lot of, like, predictions. Who's going to take over the 48? Is it going to be Brad Kay? Is it going to be somebody else? No, they stayed in-house. Great move by Hendrick. Byron. I think Byron, this is also a, a year for Byron to show what he's got. I think last year definitely helped him out and helped his cause by winning the uh, season-ending race to get himself into the playoffs. Um, Personally, I think if William Byron doesn't perform this year, I think he's gone because if you look down there in junior motorsports, we got uh, Noah Gregson just waiting. And we all know that JRM is pretty much the Xfinity team for Hendrick Motorsports. So I think if either those two, Larson or Byron, don't perform, grayson's gonna take one of their seats those are my personal thoughts i whatever else you guys think you let me know leave a comment um let me know what you think thank you hunter for those great questions remember if you guys would like a question you have a question for j max show and you'd like to for me to answer it on air at the end of this episode stand by and i will give you my social media information that was questions with JMAC. Thank you, Hunter, again for sending those questions out. We'll be right back with my bold predictions here on the JMAC show. prediction time all right your stage one winner will be none other than mr austin dillon austin dillon's gonna come in he's gonna win stage one and show that his win in duel number two was not a fluke he's bringing that three car he's here to play Stage two goes to Bubba Wallace. I think it's going to be a fight between him and Austin Dillon for that stage two win. But I think Bubba Wallace is going to pull it out and win stage two. Shutting the haters up and proving once again that he can drive. He just needed the opportunity to shine. Those are my bold predictions. I still got Kurt Busch winning. I agree with the Fox analyst. I think it's going to take a veteran is going to win this race. I don't think Denny Hamlin is going to come out and win three in a row. I could be wrong, but I'm sticking with Kurt Busch. A Chevy will win this year. Watch. I was definitely off on the clash. I was almost right, but I think I'm, ro- I'm going to be right on this Daytona 500 prediction. You let me know what you think. We are only two days away from the Daytona 500. Will J-Mac be right or will I be wrong? Watch and find out, and we will talk about it on our next show. Yay! It's time for the rant with J-Mac, the J-Mac rant. My rant for today is why are so many of these Boomer fans hating on Bubba Wallace? I've gone through social media and I see comments like, oh, he's, he's so racist. He called Wolf, blah, blah, blah. People, people, he did not cry Wolf. He did not see this garage pull at all. One of his teammates saw it. It was tied in the, f- and it looked like a noose. He reported up to higher headquarters. Steve Phelps was the one that told Bubba Wallace. But I don't have to explain that to you, educated NASCAR fans. You guys know what's up. But still, the question must be asked why does Bubba Wallace get so much hate? Does it have to do with the fact that he spoke up for social injustice? And he wanted, he said, hey, you know, this, this flag, it's not right. Let's get rid of it. Fans went crazy and they're like, oh, Dale, Dale will never do that. Not remembering that Dale Earnhardt himself, senior himself, went out to his truck and ripped off the the Confederate flag off his truck because one of his housekeepers was offended by it. Dale Earnhardt was like, you know what? I like you. I want you to be comfortable around me. Dale Jr. has been a huge, huge advocate for getting rid of that flag. And people love Dale Jr. Hell, the man was like the most popular driver for 15 damn years in a row. So why is it when a driver of color, an African-American driver, says, Hey, I don't like this. I'm offended. There's a lot of other people out there offended. This is It's 2020. Let's get rid of this. You know, look what's going on in our country or whatnot. Come on. And, you know, they sat down and NASCAR was already, you know, way ahead of that game. They were like, you know, trying to get trying to ban it on, you know, their private property anyway. Um, Years ago, and it just so happened, Bubba Wallace helped spark that fire again. And so now people are hating on him. Why? Why? You know they're saying, "Oh, the best he's gonna do is crash into a wall." Michael Jordan is gonna be broke because he he's gonna have to pay so much money. Blah 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 blah. NASCAR's dead. Dale Dale Earnhardt's rolling in his grave. If you would see what Bubbles is doing, calling them Bubbles or or Bubba Smollett. Like, come on, people. Like, is it is it not that hard to to just get along? That's what's dividing this damn country right now. All right and we see it in nascar i mean yeah it's fun to have your fandoms you know to hate on kyle bush to hate on chase elliott to hate on all these different drivers because you're faithful to your driver or to your team or to your brand but for some reason when it comes to bubba wallace he is just hated on and these same fans were i guarantee you the ones in 2019 that were cheering this man like look at bubba wallace he loves his fans throwing the football up there awesome guy Man, during these rain delays, oh, man, Bubba, what a great guy. Then all of a sudden they get offended because their second place flag gets banned on private property. If you want your flag so damn much, why don't you pay attention with one lap to go sponsored by Credit One Bank? And they will wave your damn flag, which they do at every single racetrack across America. I'm talking about the white flag. Yes, I said it. I don't care. It's my rant. This is what I think. All right. And at the same time, these same fans were praising Kyle Larson. Like, oh, my God. He, it's just a word. Rappers say it all the time. Blah. Well, guess what? It's not right. You need to get that word out of your vocabulary. We just need to come together and enjoy the fact that we have racing, that we're allowing fans back in the two racetracks with all this COVID-19 crap going on, you know, to me, sports should be the number one thing that unites everybody. All right, let's put aside our differences for two, three hours and just enjoy some damn racing. Quit worrying about what Bubba Wallace is putting on social media. Quit worrying about the fact that you don't like him because he makes you uncomfortable because you probably, you know, have racist tendencies or whatever you call it. I'm just going to call it like it is. All right. Let's go out there and just enjoy each other's company. Drink a few brewskis or soda or water or whatever and enjoy the freaking race. Because, damn it, it's the Daytona 500. It's the 63rd running of the Daytona 500. Right? Give this man a chance. He's in better equipment. I mean, look, Eric Jones is not even, you know, he's in the same exact car. And uh, what is he? He's starting 31st. Go figure. All right? That is my rant, and it's here to stay. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it, but you know what? I just had to say it. We'll be right back, and I'll give you the starting lineup and closing remarks right after this. All right, as we've mentioned all day today on the show, the 63rd annual Daytona 500 starts. This Sunday, let's go ahead and go with your starting lineup by row. Row one, we've got Alex Bowman in the Ally Chevrolet and William Byron in the Exalta Chevrolet, who will probably have to move to the back. And row two, we got Eric Almarola in that Smithfield Ford with Austin Dillon in that Bass Pro Shop Chevrolet. Row three, Christopher Bell in the DeWalt Toyota, Bubba Wallace in the DoorDash Toyota. Row four, Ryan Newman in that cooler Generators Ford and Kevin Harvick and Bush Light, the crew Ford. Row five, Joey Logano in that Shell Oil Ford with Kyle Busch and that m ms Toyota. Row six, my man Ryan Priest in a Cottonelle Chevrolet with the people's champ, the 2020 reigning Defending Cup Series Champion Chase silly in the Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet. Row seven, Kyle Young Money Larson in that Nation's Guard Chevrolet with Ryan Blaney in the Menards Blue Def Peak Ford. Row eight. Daniel Suarez in that I Fly Chevrolet with Corey LaJoy in the Youth Theory you theory chevrolet row nine michael mcdowell and the loves travel stops Ford with david reagan and that select blinds ford row 10 you got jamie Mac, J Mac. hey not me but i wish it was jamie mcmurray in the advent health chevrolet with your daytona 500 winner you heard it here first kurt bush and that monster energy chevrolet row 10 start number 20 perfect place for him to start let's go row 11 ricky stenhouse jr and that kroger Nas energy drink chevrolet and Chris Buescher in that Fastenal Ford. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Row 12, Matt D. Benedetto in that Motorcraft Quick Lane number 21 Ford with Brad Keslowski in the Discount Tire Ford number 13, your defending Daytona 500 champion, Dennis Nice PJs Hamlin in the FedEx Toyota with Martin Truex Jr. in the Bass Pro Shops Toyota. Row 14, Cole Custer in the Haas Tooling.com Ford and Joey Gase in that Page Construction Ford. Row 15, we got Tyler Reddick in the Lenovo Chevrolet, followed by Chase Briscoe in that Highpoint.com Ford. Row 16, Eric Jones in the Armorall Chevrolet and Derek Cope, the man, Derek Cope, that beat out and won a Daytona 500. In that Jacob Company's Chevrolet. Row 17, Quinn Hoff in the main and tail Chevrolet. Row, and we've got Ross Chastain in that number 42, Clover Chevrolet. Row 18, Cody Ware in the Nortec ODT Chevrolet. With Anthony Alfredo in that Speedy Cash Ford. Row 19, Josh Balicki in the Wisconsin Lighting Lab Ford. B.J. McLeod in the NASCAR Heats Ford. And row 20, Austin Sindrick in the Verizon 5G Ford and Kaz Gralla in the Hyper Ice Chevrolet. Those who did not qualify are the number 96 of Ty Dillon, the 13th of Garrett Smithley, the 66 of Timmy Hill, and the 62 of Noah Gregson. Chevrolet is leading with 18. Ford has 17 and Toyota has five and that is your Daytona 500 starting lineup by row brought to you by McBrizzle Productions. All right thank you guys so so very much for joining me on the second episode ever of the J-Max show. This has been quite an adventure this week. It's been a great speed week. Make sure you continue to watch tonight. We got some more stuff. We got stuff going on th- tomorrow of course we got the big race on sunday on fox to recap yes we talked a little bit about the duel the qualifying and the both of the clashes plus some questions in my rants and some bold predictions tell me what you guys think make sure you join my facebook page the jmax show and as long with my group the jmax show same name look for us you can ask me questions on there, I interact a lot with my fans. This is a new show, so there's not many of you, but spread the word. With that being said, if you are a lover of anything sports or if you like diecast, make sure you check out my man Benjamin Lee Tinholder. We call him the Sandwich Man, and his page, Sandwich Man Racing Sports Memorabilia. All right, they want to make sure that they provide you with a safe and easy way to build your collection of sports memorabilia. They are a family and veteran-owned business, and they strive for perfection. Sandwich Man Racing Sports Memorabilia, where fans become family. Look for them on Facebook. Tell BLT, the Sandwich Man himself. Tell him hi. Tell him J-Max sent you, that you heard about him on this podcast, and I'm sure he will take very good care of you. Because I know he's taking care of me with some great, great sports memorabilia. So if you're a huge DieCast fan, make sure you check him out. He has an e-commerce website at sandwichmanracing.myshopify.com. Like I said, he's family-owned and veteran-owned business. Him and his wife and his his awesome kids there um, will take care of you. And in fact, speaking of Sandwich Man Racing... They actually are sponsoring um, the Joey Gase Page Construction Ford. If you look back there on, the, on the, the hood, or not the hood, you know, the trunk, the deck lid or whatever, it says Sandwich Man Sports memorabilia, where fans become family. Awesome. Great job, BLT. He's doing big things. He's a veteran, so of course I support him. Um, so check him out. Guys, if you would like to subscribe, donate, or just be a guest, let me know on my Facebook social media. You can also look me at up on my personal uh, Facebook, J Michael Mac. I will make sure I take care of you. We are in this adventure together. I'd like to thank you guys so, so very much once again for joining me. Um, a little bit of announcements. We are thinking about actually changing the name from the Jay Max show, show to something more sports or nascar related the J Max show just sounds like an everyday talk show we want to make sure that you guys know that this is a nascar show so be on the lookout for that um i'm also gonna looking up to start a patreon so you guys can get you some t-shirts or some uh, cool stuff just by donating, helping us grow. If you once again, if you would like to be a guest on this show, let me know. I will hook you up. We'll do an interview together. Thank you so, so very much once again for joining me. God bless you. God bless America. God bless our troops. We'll see you on. We're moving to Tuesdays now. We'll see you on Tuesday. Peace out, y'all. And remember, drive safe. Enjoy the sport and let's go chase. I'm J-Mac, and I'm out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The J-Mac Show. Be sure to join us on Tuesday on everywhere you listen to your podcast as we talk about the finish of the daytona 500 and look forward to the road course race on the 21st thank you god bless you this has been a mcbrizzle production